Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. This is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail where you can, in turn, inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together, giving God the glory for what we are able to do in His name. Amen. I am your running host, Dean Thompson. Today, my special guest is recent high school graduate, second-ranked junior triathlete in the country, and my good friend, Lane Hollis. Thank you, Dean. It's very nice to be here. And I do want to, just a disclaimer, probably currently like third or fourth, don't want to... Officially. Don't want to like, you know... Yeah, well, okay. All right, fair enough, fair (laughs) enough. (laughs) So, but yeah, I'm glad to be back on. All right. So... Let me ask, are you getting enough nourishment for running? Well, how about for life? We're going to talk about that in this week's story. And then in Dean's thoughts, uh, I'm going to ask the question, have you ever realized after something was gone that it was way more important than you thought it was? (laughs) Well, I just did that this past week, and I'm going to share that. So, all right. So you're all graduated now. I am. Feels good, huh? I am. It does does feel good. It It feels different. It honestly just feels like, it kind of feels normal yeah. just a summer after school yeah. yeah yeah so ready for that next adventure so when do you begin training with the cross-country season team is that like after i assume yes so so the cross-country team is going to i think we're going to be starting early early august um there's like a little camp that they do and then that next saturday we'll you know start training pretty yeah. much full 100 percent so well i know some of the guys on your team are running right now uh when i say right now i don't necessarily mean this minute but uh yeah yeah but I, i've seen them on strava so i know that they're. oh uh, yeah yeah the most of the team is they're probably already getting after it and so after triathlon season is over um, you'll be able to start joining yeah. them yeah yeah I'm excited to see what's going to happen. What's going to happen? So, you've amped up your training now since track season, right? So I have, I have. Yes, I took. It was kind of a lower, kind of volume period during track season. You know, just trying to get ready for the races. But ever since, you know, it's weird. I, in track season, I, I kind of got used to all the rest and then going really hard at a track meet and you know going hard in training and going hard in a race is so much different it is so much different and then after track i had like i had a few days of downtime and the training just hit back full on i was like oh my oh my goodness i did not (laughs) i don't remember it being like this i mean the other day i mean i was really doing not that many workouts and then the other day i went out for I think I was telling you this the other day, five by three minutes. And on the first one, five by three minutes at threshold, which is very, very fast pace. It's supposed to be super hard, super hard. And the first one, I didn't even feel like I couldn't do the pace. I just felt clunky. Like I just felt like I didn't know how to run at that pace. And then by the fourth one, I was feeling great. And so it's just weird how you kind of forget how to run hard. Um, But yeah, training's pretty much back up to 100 percent, but it feels really good though yeah well that's pretty awesome so tell everybody from a triathlon standpoint what what are the distances in the events that you you participate in so i do in 
the triathlons that I do, which is junior elite, we do a, I'm pretty sure it's just a sprint. And so it's a half mile swim, 750 meters. Um, and then a 20 K bike. So that's like 12 ish miles and then a five K run, which I'm sure everybody listening to this knows what that is. Yeah. Um, yeah. and so, yeah, those are the distances. And um, you do all that in what, just a hair over 50 minutes typically. Yeah. 53 ish minutes. Yeah. It kind of varies, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, somewhere in that ballpark. Wow. And this ITU style racing that you guys do, way different than what people yes. see. If they if if you've ever been on television and you've watched the Ironman triathlon in Hawaii, yeah. this is not that. Not this at all. Is, this not is all. way different. I always get like the questions, like when I when people hear that I'm ranked third or whatever or whenever they find out that I'm halfway decent, they're like, Um, well, have you done the Ironman? Have you like done the Ironman? Have you done the Ironman? And it's just like, I don't know. It's such a different ball game. Yeah. Like I'm sure I could do an Ironman, but as of right now, I just don't think my like. I think the mental, the mental game in an Ironman is so much different. It's so much different oh, yeah. to hurt super bad for an hour, rather than to hurt progressively over ten hours. Yeah. Um. And so, but yeah on tv it's probably the the longer stuff that's what i always tell people it's the longer stuff yeah but but yeah mine's pretty short and so (laughs) well we have a sponsor for this week's podcast and it is gathered goods it's a special kind of produce market it only happens a handful of times a year and it's run by casey carpenter which is a household name here in dalton they provide the freshest produce shipped in just days before the sale um Sometimes even the day of the the sale, they've just gotten this stuff in. It's just been picked, right? Really fresh. The variety of goods they bring in is unreal, um, and it's really a great organization. So if you live anywhere nearby, be on the lookout for that from the the Gathered Goods group. It'll be worth every penny. Yeah, and a little bit extra if, if you're like a kid looking for work. When the Gathered Goods produce sale comes in, usually you can find some work to do. Yeah. Um, Because they usually employ a lot of people for a few days. Yeah. But yeah. I've gotten some of those, some of those goods, and they are good. Yes. I got a box full here not too long ago. And then um, Casey also has been very generous to Dalton State Athletics um, in helping us in a number of ways, Um, both opening up his restaurant on days off for uh for tournaments and things and in addition to just supporting us financially in some ways so yeah um yeah casey's been a great great guy and a great friend to to run for god a great friend to dalton state he's been just he's just a great guy in the community Yeah, yeah as you said our facebook post this week is from gene waddell morrison and it is this this was a celebration day i have struggled I've struggled to hit my tempo run pace. I've struggled to run easy on long days and not end up walking. I've struggled to keep up a steady pace. I've struggled with my cadence. It doesn't even come close to the suggested range. I have so appreciated the training videos, podcasts, and everyone sharing their experiences. It's kept me pushing on to grab hold of the truths and practice them. I don't want to miss out on any of the benefits of a good cadence health to my knees and hips. Uh, I don't want to push so hard on on easy days I never receive the training benefits and recovery it gives. More struggles. 
Today is hot, and I really didn't want to go out. The longer I put it off, it just get hotter. I had to run alone, and I knew I am more susceptible to run too hard and then end up walking when I am by myself. And my pace coach voice feedback is set on an 11-minute goal that won't change, and my easy day should be at 12 minutes. I recently downloaded a Cadence app, and God finally gave me a revelation on, on Cadence after struggling to understand how your Cadence should be at the same should be the same at different paces. Cadence set to 175, music on, voice feedback on, and I set off down the path. Y'all, I did it. We are pressing through and mastering the struggles. My cadence wasn't the one in the 170s, but it was 10% improved. My pace, every time the coach said, your current pace is 11.55, speed up, I laughed and said, nope. Praise God, it's right where it should be. And uh, and at that pace, I stayed the entire five miles. Totally comfortable, never needing to walk, and I had fun. Just a delight over moving and feeling good. My knees never bothered me, and I kept a steady pace. I am feeling good. Giddy over the improvements, seeing fruit and embracing the training. Just praising God in this journey. Man, oh man, we've all been on that struggle bus, haven't we? Yeah, I feel that one. I feel that one. <laughs> but we've all come through those struggle buses yeah. and found something on the other side, just like she did in this case. What a great story that was uh, from her. And man, you guys, the way you guys uh, share that on Facebook is so encouraging to so many people. I am sure there's a bunch of people that were struggling while they read that and thought, it's around the corner, it's coming. And it is coming. Yeah. It is yeah. coming. Um, I remember when you were struggling with tempo runs. Yeah, a I was about years to ago. say that story is just so relevant to me and my struggle with tempo runs. I was actually talking about tempo runs last time I was on here. Yeah, how just awful they are, but they do make you so much better. And and tempo runs is just one of those things that you just like keep doing it and keep doing it, and it'll it'll click one day. At least yeah. for sometimes it's you get progressively better, but with me I, with me I feel like it was kind of a click that you just have yeah. to keep grinding and one day it'll come but yeah it was like a switch i remember it our trivia question from last week was this there is a lady who competed for both south africa and great britain in the 80s in the olympics she ran the ten, the 3000 meters in both who is she what was unusual about the way she ran and why did she compete for two different countries that's a lot of questions for one yes. person but yeah this is such an interesting story, and this one is going to force you to really do some research because not, now I've been around that long. I was really focused on track and field at the time because I this was this was in high school when she first came out, and so I was really focused on it. But the lady's name is Zola Bud or Zola. It's uh, Peters. I'm, I'm not even sure how you say her last name, but uh, Peters. I, I, I have no idea how you say her. The last name she has currently but it was zola bud at the time um and i love that name yeah I just love yeah. that name she was born in south africa so she was a south african middle and long distance runner she was born in 1966 so she's one year younger than i am she competed at the 1984 olympics for great britain and the 1992 olympics for south africa both times she did she was running the 3000 meters 
um, which isn't even held in the Olympics anymore. Yeah, I was about to say it's kind of an odd distance. <laughs> yeah, it used to be that used to be a women's distance, um, but they don't hold that anymore. Now they hold the same distances as they do for the men. She held the world record in the 5K twice. Um, she was also a two-time winner at the World Cross Country Championships. Um, and what was unusual about Zola Bud is that she ran barefoot. So she won these two cross-country titles barefoot. She won the the track races she won. She won those barefoot. Um, and that's just the way that she grew up and the way that she ran. She finally moved her family to South Carolina in 2008, and she compete, uh, She still competes at marathons and ultramarathons. Um, at least she did up until a few years ago. I'm not sure if she's still doing that. But she's also a volunteer um, as an assistant coach at, at uh, Coastal Carolina University in Conway, uh, South Carolina. Um, her best mile is 417 in 1985, and it still stands as the British record today from 1985. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, it's not it's not bad. Not bad. Yep. And she held the 5,000-meter world record at the age of 17. How old are you, Lane? I am 18. At the age so, of 17. That is crazy. That is insane. She broke the 5K world record with a time of 15.01 at the time. Of course, now 15.01 is not very good. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but at that time, it was phenomenal. Uh, but here's what's crazy, and, and what you're going to find out with Zola Bud is that she was mired in controversy all the time, not because of anything she did. She was just the victim of circumstance. So if you're out there and you always feel like the circumstances surrounding you are, are, are crazy and not good, listen to this story about Zola Bud. So this first time that she broke the world record, she did run faster than the world record, but they wouldn't certify it because she was from South Africa. It was run in South Africa and they were going through this whole apartheid thing. If you don't know what apartheid was, it's a race relations thing that happened in South Africa many years ago and you can look that up. Um, but in 1995, she finally claimed the world record officially while she was representing Great Britain uh, when she ran 1448. So she goes to Britain and the Daily Mail, which is a news organization there in Britain, um, kind of persuaded her father to help her apply for citizenship in Britain. And uh, because her grandfather was British, and so um, the problem with South Africa was South Africa was boycotting everything, or people were boycotting South Africa because of all the apartheid that was going on. So she wanted to compete in the 1984 Summer Olympics. And in order to do that, she couldn't do it for South Africa. And so she became a British citizen just so that she could compete in the Olympics, basically. Um, and so that's what she did. And um, it was very controversial because she got that citizenship so fast and other people had to wait a long period of time. As you can imagine, people are like, yeah. oh, she's privileged, right? Yeah. You know? um, but again, the whole idea was to try to get her. And I'm sure she had all – I mean, Great Britain wanted to win. They had the, There's the world record holder that wants to run for them. I mean, yeah. they're going to bend their bend over backwards to help her. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's crazy to think about. That someone is that, like, I mean, there's a lot of people who are very committed to their craft, but I mean, just like think about changing your citizenship for the. And I guess the Olympics is a big thing, but that's just, I feel like that's so much more crazy than people may realize is like yeah. going through that process of changing your citizenship. So. It is crazy. Um, so she, you know, another controversy happened when she was in a 1500 meter race in Sussex and the, the town council withdrew their invitation on short notice because apartheid, South Africa and all of that. So it was sad. 
1984 Olympics, she's in this race. She's in the 3,000 meters, and she's going to race against Mary Decker. Well, I remember Mary Decker very well. I was a huge Mary Decker fan at the time. Loved Mary Decker. She was one of the fastest in the world. Um, and she and there was another lady by the name of Marishwika Puika. And Marichika Puika um, had set the fastest time for that year, but nobody was talking about her. This was all about Mary Decker and Zola Bud, and uh, and there were some others in there that were that were were pretty fast too. But from the beginning, Mary Decker was big about going out hard. And the thing about Decker and Bud both were that they never ran in a pack. They were both so fast, and there was no competition around them. They never had to run in a pack. And so getting into the Olympics, they were having to run in a pack, and it was completely foreign to them. And you can imagine, you've been in packs. Yeah. It's a little yeah. uncomfortable, a little yeah. unnerving. You're close, and you're bumping some elbows and things. And and so they, they get out there. Well, Mary Decker goes out to the front, um, and then when the pace slowed just a hair, uh, Zola Bud takes the lead. And as she takes the lead, she goes around uh, everybody, and as she kind of she kind of comes back in toward the inside, and she clips Mary Decker just a little bit, and there's a little bit of a trip, and you you know you see a little bit of, bit of a bobble, and then they kind of get themselves righted back up, and then just like a second later, boom, it happens again. Mary Decker goes down on the inside of the track. She winds up hurting her hip. She can't finish the race. Zola Bud, who Looks at Mary. Looks up to Mary Decker. Mary Decker is an older lady who's runs faster than her, and she's looking at her as if she's she's like her idol, and she's just caused her to be out of the Olympics. And so she was devastated. She winds up falling back to, I think she finished seventh in the race, and uh, and not not running. Um, her best race. If you want to look at that race, you can go online and you can look at it and you can see it. It's heartbreaking. It was so heartbreaking. There's a famous picture out there of Mary Decker after she had fallen down and she's looking down the track and her arm is up and she's just crying. You can just see the look on her face like, oh my gosh, my Olympic dream just shattered. Yeah. Um, So that was another controversy that Bud was in. Wasn't her fault. It was... It wasn't really anybody's fault. And now, to this day, if you ask both of them about it, they'll both tell you, yeah, I don't think anybody's fault. We just didn't understand how to run in a pack at the time and, yeah. and about how to, how to give give uh, space for other people. So anyway, um, she didn't run very fast. She winds up finishing seventh, and, and it was just it was a terrible thing. But the IAAF found that nobody was at fault. And um, a matter of fact, a Decker quote says, the reason I fell, some people think she tripped me deliberately. I happen to know that wasn't the case at all. The reason I fell is because I am and was very inexperienced in running in a pack. So she she said that herself. Um, so that's that's kind of just the way that it works. Um, international competition, Bud, was she, she competed for again for the U.K. in 1985 and 86 in the World Cross Country Championships, and she won those two. Which is just crazy because that is a tough yeah. race to win. Yeah, the World Cross Country Championships is not cross country. There's so many factors, and so to be able to win something like that two years in a row is crazy. Yep, 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 yep. And so she got better and better as she went on. She set some UK and Commonwealth records for the 1500 meters. She eventually ran 359. She ran 417 for the mile. She ran 828 eventually for the 3000. Uh, and and of course her 1448 was her fastest 5k. Um, and again when she ran that 1448, she broke the world record by 10 seconds. So 
Um, anyway, she uh, she tried to come back and do some other things, and it just she just never could quite come back from all of that. She it was it was found out later that all this time she was struggling. She had a pretty serious leg injury. Um, and that's the reason why she had such a hard time coming back to, to being able to run super competitively again. Um, so it was sad because her career didn't last very long either. And, yeah. uh, and that was kind of sad. But she continued to run. So Zola Bud, even after she got older, she, she, she kind of went back into running and started competing in some of these international competitions and things and she ran the comrades marathon which was you know a a big huge thing um she did come back and and she did she retired from international competition and then she came back from retired retirement in 1992 so that she could run the 3000 for uh for south africa um so and then she got married in 1989 the couple they have three children um Again, just a, it's just a, a long story. She relocated to Myrtle Beach in August of 2008, um, and then her husband came and joined her. Um, again, she's volunteer coach at Coastal Carolina University and now at a high school, local high school there, uh, not too far outside of, uh, outside of there. She won in 2014, 2014? No, 2009, she won the uh, Myrtle Beach Half Marathon, which is interesting because I've won yeah, the Myrtle say, Beach you, Marathon. Yeah, you've won that. Yeah, so uh, that's that's fun to know I've got something in common yeah. with uh, with Zola Bud. Uh, so, yeah, and again, she, in, in 2012, she ran the Comrades Marathon. If you don't know the Comrades Marathon, it is a huge deal in South Africa. It is uh, 90 kilometers, 56 miles long. It is a brutal race, and um, she ended up finishing 8.06 the first time she did it. She was the 37th female finisher, nothing hugely successful. But then she winds up, she's going to come back, and she, she does come back. And um, eventually she worked her way into the top 10 um, in that race, even though as she got older, she was getting faster at those longer distances, as many people do in yeah. the ultramarathon world. Um, so... That's, that's kind of where she is. She now has in South Africa today. There are taxis that are named nicknamed Zola Bud because they're fast. <laughs> um, the singer Brenda Fossey, uh, who Time Magazine called the Madonna of the townships in 2001, had a hit single in 1980s with a track called Zola Bud. <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh, but all of this stuff, all of these things kept happening to her. She had some controversy when she was in the Comrades Marathon where um, apparently there was like this little tag you're supposed to wear on your bib, and she didn't wear the tag, and so they disqualified her from one of the awards because she didn't wear this little tag. Well, it turns out there were other people in the race that didn't wear the tag too. Yeah. And Anyway, she just found herself in the middle of these controversies yeah, over and over just... again. Yeah, yeah, poor lady. Uh, but she keeps moving along. Um and and it, it's funny because I say it's funny. It, it's coincidental that she comes out of South Africa, which the entire country was mired in conflict and, and yeah. controversy at the time that she was born. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So very interesting. And there was even controversy with her husband at one time. You know, they were saying her husband was messing around with some model or something. And yeah. it was just, I mean, just one thing after another. But yeah. here's what it comes down to. The lady just loves to run. 
she just seems to love to run and she wants to be around running and be and be part of it um and that is way more than anybody yeah. wanted to know about Zola yeah. Bud. And you can look at that story and and say, well, you know, she must have had a miserable life. Um, but she obviously just kept coming back to running. And yeah. so she always ran. And so, I mean. That was her constant. Yeah, I mean, that right? was her constant. It was probably um, all the controversy and the fame and like all the winning and stuff. Um she just wanted to run, and at the end of the day, that's what she got to do. And so she's she probably, um, I wouldn't think she'd be that upset. People look at situations like that, but I mean, by all accounts, she seems to be happy. She's yeah. got three kids, and of course, they're old now, but or older now. But yeah, yes, yeah, she's 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 doing well. Yeah. All right, we are sponsored by J Radio, the world's greatest digital platform. Go out there and check it out. As a mom, I want to make sure we choose a cereal that's not entirely derived from sugar. Their car seats have to be nationally CPS certified, and their first car has to have every possible safety feature known to man. I just want to do my best to make sure that they're safe. One thing I don't have to worry about is the content they hear on J-Radio. Not only do they love the music, but I know it's only going to be a positive message that I would approve of. Now, if I could just figure out how to get my youngest from sticking everything up his nose. Sign up at JRadio.com and download the new J-Radio app in your app store. All right, we are back. And you can obviously, you can send messages to dean at runforgod.com as we say every week here. Um, Check out Run For God Run Club. If you don't know about Run Club, go online and go to runforgodrunclub.com and find out more about what Run Club is about because there's so much more to Run Club than this podcast. And you will want to check that out. Also, we want to hear your story. We are about to share somebody's story, and we love stories here at Run for God. And there are so many great running stories out there. Zola Bud, an interesting running story. You've got one too, and we want to hear it. So write your story down and send it to us. And you can you can do that at runforgod.com or runforgodrunclub.com, either one. And maybe you'd like to share your story live. You know, we've had a few people who have done that. They've come right into the studio and shared their own story live, and it's been exciting to do that, and we would love to have you do that if you have the means to get here and to share it live. So, you know, we talk about and we think about food a lot, don't we? Um, Yes. I remember my mother, um, bless her heart and God rest her soul, she used to talk about food all the time. It was, I mean, as soon as we got done with a meal, it was like, "All right, what are we having for dinner?" You know, it was. <laughs> yeah, that honestly sounds like me, except at like breakfast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's on to the next. What's the next meal? Yeah, yeah, uh, which is good, which is good. But you know, food is energy, and if we don't have it, we'll die. I mean, eventually, we will die without food, right? Um, with not enough of it, and so. Um, if we get too much of it, there are bad consequences. We get too little of it, there are bad consequences. So this is a story that was shared with us many years ago, um, but one that is still true today. And it comes from a lady by the name of Jennifer Gonzalez, um, and it is called 
food for thought. Whether we admit it or not, most of us know how to stay healthy. We understand that our bodies need physical activity each day for our muscles to stay strong. We also understand that our bodies work more effectively with healthy food choices. The more I run, I am continually reminded of the importance of good nutrition. I am also starting to understand, to a greater extent, the importance of spiritual nourishment. In John 6, Jesus had performed a miracle. Jesus had a large crowd following him because they had seen the signs he was performing by healing the sick. That's in John 6, 2. The crowds were hungry and tired. Jesus found a young boy with five loaves of barley and two fish. Using what little he had, Jesus fed 5,000 men that day and collected leftovers. However, the teaching wasn't over. Jesus came back at the end of chapter 6 after he had walked on the water and spoken to the crowd again. Jesus teaches on a subject they all know well, hunger. He reminded them of the miracle that they had just performed, that he had just performed. The people had a physical need. They were hungry. Jesus took what they had and multiplied it, filling the need in their life at that moment. He continues to explain that with the bread, even though the hunger goes away for a little while, it always returns. Physical food is simply not enough to satisfy us forever. Jesus tells the crowd about the bread of life. He states in John six thirty five, I am the bread of life. No one who comes to me will ever be hungry, and no one who believes in me will ever be thirsty again. The Word of God nourishes our soul and empowers our life as Christians. Spiritual disciplines such as fasting, prayer, and scripture memory create a more intimate relationship between us and Jesus. How sweet your word to my taste, sweeter than honey in my mouth. That's Psalm 119.103. Spending time with Jesus is as essential for spiritual growth and contentment as eating and breathing is to our physical bodies. We will die without him. However, so many of us are weak spiritually and don't understand why. Let's use our physical bodies as an analogy. Our bodies require constant energy from food. We give our bodies at least three meals a day, seven days a week. We are starving if we go for a few hours without feeding our physical bodies. In fact, research is proving that eating every two to three hours during the day will maintain blood sugar levels and keep cravings at bay. Small amounts of food throughout our day seem to be the best way to energize our body and allow us to work at our full potential. We could probably skip a few meals and be no worse for the wear. If, however, we begin skipping entire days of nourishment, we would begin to feel the effects. We would become sickly and weak. We would not feel our best or work at our full potential. If our physical bodies require 21 meals a week plus snacks to stay well, how do we expect our spiritual souls to live on three meals of living bread a week? You see, as Christians, we tend to believe that going to church a couple of times a week should provide enough nourishment to satisfy, even as our bodies could never live off three meals a week, regardless of how healthy those meals are. How do we ever expect to be spiritually healthy if if we only eat of the word on Sundays and Wednesdays at church? More than that, we aren't really feasting. 
The pastor or teacher has spent time in the Word studying and praying. They have feasted on the bread of life. We, however, sit at their feet and consume the crumbs of their relationship. Most of us are living off a couple of crumbs a week and wonder why we are weak, frail, unsatisfied, and ineffective. Should we not be feasting ourselves every day? Wouldn't we be more spiritually healthy if our nourishment was continual throughout the day, every day? Being in the world daily and spending quality time with Jesus is essential to living a life of faith. Relationships take time. The Bible is clear that the devil is prowling about like a roaring lion. That's 1 Peter 5.8. If you have ever watched a show about nature, you soon realize that lions do not go after the strong. When a lion is stalking its prey, it will carefully choose the antelope or gazelle at the back of the pack. They will pick the one that doesn't seem quite as strong as the others, the sick, the weak, the ones that won't be able to fight back, the ones that can't run as fast. That is the prey that is chosen. How many of us are just like that weak prey? When Satan decides to attack our homes, families, churches, or communities, are we strong enough to fight? Are we grounded in the word of God? Have we been feasting on the bread of life? Do we have the strength and energy to fight the schemes of the devil? Do we have the stamina to flee temptation and run the the race of truth that we have been called to? Or do we tire easily? Are we weak? Are we crippled by our lack of spiritual food? If we're living on mere crumbs each week, we cannot expect to be strong enough to fight the fight that we have been called to. Healthy food is essential to our physical health. What we eat determines our energy, stamina, and endurance. Health food is better at developing muscle that makes us strong. Same is true for our spiritual food. We must be spending time in the Word of God daily. The more time we spend in the Word the more we realize how weak we were before. The more time we spend, the more we learn about the character of Christ. The more time we spend, the more we will experience and and the stronger we will become. We must develop the spiritual muscles in our lives that will develop and strengthen us. We must feast on the bread of life continually. Then we will go from being prey to being vessels usable by the creator of the universe. Taste and see. Man, Jesus is teaching here on a, a subject they all know very, very well here in this in this area at this time. You know, we take for granted food these days, yeah. how easy it is to get food. Yes. I mean, they didn't have grocery stores. They didn't have McDonald's even. You know, we, we give McDonald's a hard time because we think it's not healthy food. They didn't. They would have loved to yeah. have access to a McDonald's, yeah. right? Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know how much we think about how significant hunger was in that day and time, and that analogy is so spot on. Um, yeah, I was going to say that analogy is is I've never really thought about it that way, but that is that is so true because because it's in the same way in the same way people who say I'm gonna I'm going to get healthy. I'm going to get physically fit and I'm going to get healthy. And they go do like like the gym on January 1st. Yeah. You know, and you know, 
they say, I'm going to get healthy, and they get this plate, and they've got like this nice grilled chicken and stuff, and they've got this salad, and everything looks so good, and it is good, and they eat it for two days, and they stop. Yep. And they kind of do that every few months, and that's not, that is such a good way to put it. I yeah. guess I've I guess I've heard that before, but this story is such a good way to put it that you should treat your I think it's crazy the physical and spiritual connection connection in life almost always always matches up yeah. because I I mean the only way you can get through a hard physical activity whether it be running is if you're properly fueled mm-hmm. so the only way you can get through you know the worst of spiritual battles with whatever's going on in your life is if you're properly fueled with the word of God and, and your relationship is healthy. And so that is just so cool that, that I've never thought about it that way, but that was so cool. Yeah. And you know, we, we all know the runners who are properly fueled. We run with them yeah. and we see them run and we see their strength and we see how formidable they are. Um, in the same way, I've got a friend of mine who I don't care what you're talking about. Uh, it doesn't matter what the subject matter is. It can be anything. It can be cars. It can be what we're eating. It can be anything. He's always going to find a way to put Jesus Christ into that conversation yeah. every single time. Yeah. Now, why is that? Well, it's because he's spending time talking with Jesus <laughs> all day long. He is in a constant conversation with him, and so that's the thing that's at the front of his mind. When yeah. that's not the front thing that's at the front of our mind, it's because there's something else before it, right? Yeah, yeah, and that's how, that's how, like what you were just talking about in this story is they found that it's maybe even healthier to eat two or three to every two or three hours. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how bodybuilders have always done it. That's right. Eating every two or three hours. It's not let me sit down and have. 1500 calories right here mm-hmm. it's let's have this meal and that's kind of the same same way we don't want to sit down in the morning pray for you know 20 minutes do whatever and then sit down at night and we don't want it to be something that we're we we don't want it to be so at least in my opinion we don't want it to be so organized to where you're like now you do need an organized quiet time but just like your friends you go to school and you start you start talking to your friends, and I think that's kind of the same way our relationship would be should yeah. be with with God is you know yep. you just start yep. talking, and I also thought it was crazy how you were talking about the you know a long time ago they didn't have the the food that we have now, mm-hmm. and that's crazy how it works with the spiritual side too. Last time I was here, I talked about how Job Job didn't have. Or I guess Job did have the Ten Commandments, but Job didn't have you know the Bible. Jesus hadn't came yet, and mm-hmm. so we're we're also blessed with this just immense amount of tools to now the relationship with you and Jesus is. I mean that can be done with just you and Jesus, but the tools that we've been given nowadays is also just crazy. It's crazy how it lines up. We have less of an excuse than ever. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Our scripture reference. John 6, 7 through 14, Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may have a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, there is a lad here who has five barley loaves and two small fish, but what are they among so many? Then Jesus said, make the people sit down. 
Now there was much grass in place, so the men sat down, in number about 5,000. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples, and the disciples to those sitting down, and likewise of the fish, as much as they wanted. So when they were filled, he said to his disciples, gather up the fragments that remain so that nothing is lost. Therefore, they gathered them up and filled 12 baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which were left over by those who had eaten. Then those men, when they had seen the sign that Jesus did, said, This is truly the prophet who is to come, who is to come into the world. They recognized who Jesus was. This is, this is interesting because I saw something recently, and it was a video of somebody who said that Christians are all hypocrites because Jesus said to pray in private. And Jesus did say twice to pray in private. The context is important, though. The context is... Don't make a show of prayer. And in this context, here's Jesus in front of people giving thanks for this bread, which is praying. And um, that, that is a, that, that's an important thing for us to do. And even Jesus himself was given thanks for what he was given. Isn't that? Yeah. I, that's impactful to me. Jesus doesn't have to give thanks for that. Jesus knows yeah. what's about to happen. Yeah. But, he, but he, he takes the time to do that anyway, right? Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a great story about God's provision. Um, this is the only miracle other than the resurrection that is mentioned in all four uh, books of the uh, the four Gospels, which I thought was interesting. I never really thought about that. Really? But that it, it must have made a huge impact on all the disciples in order for them to all have remembered this one yeah. to write it down, right? Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. We have to trust God with what we have. Uh, and he's going to do the rest. Um, you know, just recently, I made a I made a terrible mistake. Um, I'm not going to talk about what the mistake was, um, but it was it was a bad one. Um, it cost me a lot of money, and I could have gotten by without spending that money, right? I yeah. could have said, uh, "This is okay. it, it's it's just what it is. It is what it is. There's nothing I can do about it." Uh, but what it was going to do is it was going to affect somebody else negatively um, if it didn't cost me money. Um, and so consequently, it cost me money because yeah. I don't want that other person to suffer because of something yeah. that I failed to do or did, should have done or, or whatever the case may be. And you know what? I'm convinced that when we handle things that way, that God just the way he does and the way he provides and the way he talks about it here I did. They didn't need all those fish. Just like I don't need every dollar that's in my bank account. Yeah. That money's coming back to me at some point in time. Just like those fish multiplied, the money that I still have there, it's yeah. going to come back, and it's all going to be fine because it's doing the right thing. Yeah, um, and I and I think that's important. We have to have trust in Him that that's going to happen, and I and I'm hundred percent sure that yeah. it's going to happen. I've seen it happen too many times. I know it will. Uh, can you think of a time when God provided something big when maybe it didn't seem possible for you? Yeah, I, um, I'm trying to think. I had I had a story. I have uh, – I've told the story on here before about how when uh, you know I started, started in a different job and was making a lot less money and went through a whole – a year's process of just kind of feeling my way through and um, – 
went and looked at my bank account and I, f- I found out that I wasn't spending even though I was taking in way less money I wasn't spending I was spending the same amount of money I was taking in and it was crazy and God did a couple of things just to drive the point home to say I've got you doing what I want you to do don't worry about money and yeah. so I've seen him provide over and over and over again so yeah yeah, yeah. Um. All right. Another verse of scripture. First Peter five eight. Be sober. Be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Um, I think the key here is to be sober and vigilant. V- vigilant. Vigilant. Uh, <laughs> what is that? <laughs> to be sober and vi- vigilant. Um, and we got to be alert to the possibilities, right, and take them seriously. And I think yeah. that I, I, we don't take them seriously. And, and I'll give you an example. Um, this is They call it the Billy Graham rule, where you don't ride in a vehicle by yourself with a single woman yeah. that's not your wife. Yeah. Uh, because – they call it the Mike Pence rule, too. Be, because um, people can talk and people – and people can be tempted too. It's yeah. not just a matter of what people might think. It's yeah. a matter of don't put yourself in a bad position where bad things can happen. Yeah. And that's being sober. That's being vigilant. And that's yeah. um, that's just being smart. Yeah. <laughs> is yeah. what it is. And it's, yeah, everyone. There's a lot of people who are always out looking for stuff like that. Just ready, you know, ready to take that opportunity to say well i saw a dean doing whatever yeah um and and so that's yeah that that verse is that for that verse kind of confirms that even in today's time keeping your my dad you know always says like protect your testimony yeah and that just kind of drives that home that even in today's time especially in today's times um protecting your testimony is that's, super important that's the way you be sober and be vigilant yeah um yeah it's sort of like the old joke uh, um you talk about the lion getting you 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 don't have to be faster than the lion to stay away from the lion <laughs> you just got to be faster than the other guy that you're yeah. with yeah um, so you got to be smart um smart enough yeah uh, <laughs> yeah uh yeah satan picks on our weaknesses and the truth is is sometimes i think Sometimes I think we think that we've done such a good job of shoring things up, we don't have weaknesses. We all have weaknesses. Yeah. Every single one of us. Yeah. Uh, from a running standpoint, I can think about this. I'm a terrible hill runner. I'm awful on hills. And and there was a guy that I used to race all the time, and he knew that. And he would just run away from me on the hills because he knew I couldn't. I couldn't hang with him on the hills now we would stay even the rest of the race but every time we hit a hill he'd pull a little further away yeah and and i can just remember that because he was taking advantage of my weakness yeah. it was the right thing to do for him now yeah. i've been on the other end of that coin where when i was your age i had a big kick and so yeah. if i could be with you in the last hundred meters i was going to beat you and so my only goal just hang with you till the end. All I had to do was be in the game at the end, and I could win. Yeah, and um, that was me taking advantage of my strength, but also somebody else's weakness. Yeah, right? so yeah, that's funny because I'm like the complete opposite <laughs> runner. Yeah. And it was a 
there kind of the same thing you were talking about. There was a kid that I used to race against. Um, he, I think he's a grade younger than me, but he he's always had a faster kick than me, super fast. But I remember one time at I think it was the region cross country meet. I told myself and it was just kind of the same thing, you know, like how it's taking advantage of other people's weaknesses. He he wasn't as strong of a runner. And so when the gun went off, it was just a hundred percent the whole way and I ended up beating him and, and so it's just Yeah. Yeah, then but that's what Satan does to us. Yeah. Satan knows what our weaknesses are, every single yeah. one of them, and he's looking for it so that he can exploit whatever it is. Yeah. And we have to be vigilant and make sure that we understand that. So Psalm one nineteen one oh three. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Um you just mentioned this, that it's it's really amazing that we have the words of Jesus in print. Yeah. Right? We know what Jesus said. Now, of course, it's been translated and all of that, and some yeah. people will argue, I, I don't care if it's been yeah. translated. I don't care that it's maybe filtered just a little bit. We know what Jesus said. Yeah. That's so incredible. Yeah, I was about to say that's – I think that is – and I'm just now thinking about this right now, but – the the fact of the bible the book of the bible is really quite an incredible thing because you got to think about all those years ago quite honestly if something were to happen to me like it happened to i don't know Moses Abraham Mary things like that i i probably wouldn't write it down yeah i mean i would just i would take it in and i'd be like oh my goodness and i'd probably tell someone and and I'd thank God for it, but I wouldn't write it down. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that we have this very detailed story of our God in human form is quite crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's, it's really impressive that somebody thought to write it down, isn't it? Yeah. Especially yeah. at a time, too. And you think about this. At that time, writing stuff down wasn't as simple yeah. as, you know, we couldn't just pull our phone out. Yeah, <laughs> and start yeah. typing, or even pull out a piece of paper and pen. Yeah, uh, and that was, also shows you how profound it was because yeah. you know Matthew said, "Okay, this is so crazy. I'm going to take the time to write a book about it." Yeah, and so yeah. yeah, yeah, it was very expensive to do, and you know the printing press wasn't even invented until the 15th century. Yeah. So for, for many, many years, people didn't have access to everything that we have today. They didn't have access to the, these words. And again, we take for granted that we have the Bible in our hands. Um, I think it's important for us to realize how significant it is. And this Psalm 119-103 says, How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. It's important for us to understand just how sweet it is, how important it is yeah. that we have those words. Yeah. Question one. How much time each day are you setting aside for time with the Savior? <laughs> this is straight up meddling here. Isn't yeah. It? I mean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, here's another question, though. If we look at this from another angle, what do we consider spending time with him? Yeah, I think I think it's I think there's a few different. I don't. I'm like, I don't mean to complicate things, but this is just how my brain works. I think there's a few different layers to it. Yeah. To me. I agree. To me, there's 
there's the constant daily conversation mm-hmm. that you have. But then there's, you know, really getting into the Bible and seeing what it says and kind of like, you know, dissecting it and and really knowing what's going on. And then there's like the the coming to God in prayer formally. I think all of that is necessary. Mm-hmm. You know, I think – and so I think time with God – Yes, and church, yeah. mm-hmm. um, being with other believers. And so – I think time with God can be can be broken up a little bit into some different yeah different categories because you can say I don't know I mean you can say well I do an hour of quiet time in the morning and then you have no thought for the rest of the day of and so I don't know I think it's just a good balance between all four three or four of them um and at least that's my take on it because I'm a, I'm a very thinking person. And yeah. so the one that I probably spend the most time in is the daily conversation because I'm, I'm kind of like a self talker, I guess. Yeah. Um, and so a daydreamer kind of. Yeah. And there are, there are things out there like, like this podcast. Um, do you listen to the uh, unashamed podcast? I do. Yes. Well, I mean, that, that's a good example of a way. I mean, yeah, we get some cool stories from those guys. Those guys are hilarious to yeah. listen to and, and all of that. But in the end, the whole thing is grounded in biblical thinking. And they're always talking about they're going through these books of the Bible. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's time spent. Now, yeah. y- y- is it one on one with God? No. But it's time learning about him and and, yeah. and doing things. It's it's exposure, like yep. in the same way that you don't want to be, it, like there's all these bad things in the world that you know we're supposed to not be exposed to because that can have an impact on us. Mm-hmm. And so it's the same it's the same thing if we do it in opposite. If we're just exposed to it, um, and that's a form of time. So. Yep, absolutely. So what are we doing with our time all day long? You know, when I'm driving, what am I doing? What am I thinking? I used to have a Sunday school teacher that used to talk about breath prayers. And what, what she meant by breath prayers were these are just little short prayers, things you talk, as you, you were talking about talking with him all day long, just these little short snippets of conversation that you have with him. Um, and she talked about how, you know, you stop at a, at a light. It's a good time to think about. Maybe you're thinking about somebody else. You know, I just had a one of my athletes just spent some time in the hospital. And so obviously my my brain would go there and I would think and, and pray for her just a little bit, maybe a few seconds at a time. That's yeah. all God needs. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, but but things like that just throughout the day. Um, yeah. Yeah. Question number two. If you are feeling weak and frustrated, could it be that you aren't receiving the proper nourishment? How are you going to be intentional this week about feeding your soul? <laughs> Again, our, our default position is to be a little bit on the lazy side. Often we're human. Yes. That's kind of who we are. Yes. We have to be intentional about spending time with him and learning about him and doing all of those things throughout the day. Um, and, and we have to recognize when we feel weak and frustrated. Yeah. Uh, but Because that's what happens. 
here's what happens to me. Okay, so I just mentioned I had this thing that happened that was was just a bad thing. I lost a couple of nights sleep over it. It was it was not good, right? But, um, and so I felt weak and, yeah. <laughs> and I felt frustrated. Um, and what was my my first initial thought was was not necessarily to go, okay, God, what are you trying to teach me here? It was something completely different than that, something more, much more inappropriate than that, yeah. right? And yeah. that's our default position because we're human. And the yeah. Bible tells us we've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And so our brain automatically goes to this spot where you don't want it to go. And then at, at what point do you rein it in and go, okay, God, yeah. focus me back where I should be. And that's where we have to realize. And at some point in time, I came to the realization sometime, probably 24 hours later, (laughs) man, I feel weak. Yeah. God, why am I not relying on you? Why am I not getting my nourishment from you to help me through this situation that I've got? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, if you, and I think the biggest thing is like you said, acknowledging it because you know, when you were, I don't know if this happened to you, but it, it happened to me. When you're like five or six and you messed up and you know you messed up, but you like didn't want to, you didn't want to tell your parents about it and you just like had it sitting on your chest. I feel like this, this is kind of, this is kind of along the same lines yeah. as that, you know, when we're, when we're feeling, you know, weak and frustrated because maybe we haven't gotten the proper spiritual nourishment it it's better to just if you just i don't i don't know what it is with humans but sometimes we just don't want to have to deal with you know fixing it some sometimes we'd rather just sit in it for some people and so i think just you know going to god and kind of laying everything out and saying okay this is this is what i'm dealing with um and then i mean yeah, and I think we have to look at this a lot like we look at. I remember what was a couple of years ago when you hurt. It was your hip, right, where the, the yes. origination of the problem was. Yeah, it was about two years ago. And you remember how intentional you were about trying to do all the things you needed to do to get over that, right? Yeah. It was, it was daily things that you would do over and over again to try to get that thing well and to try yeah. to figure out how to get over that problem. Well, it's the same thing for us when we're talking about spiritual things when things aren't going well when we're injured spiritually then we should be looking to do all of those little things that make us better yeah Um, and very often we do the opposite instead right and we do the same thing in running sometimes we get injured i remember back it's been been years ago now it's been over 10 years ago now yeah it's been over 10 years ago now that i had a stress fracture in my femur I didn't want to admit I had a stress fracture in my femur for yeah. a couple of months. I ran on a what was a serious injury. Probably would only had to take a few weeks off if I had done that. But instead, I wound up taking three months off because that's what it took to heal. Um, that's what we wind up doing is we wind up ignoring it, hoping it's going to go away. And it ain't going to go away. Yeah. And when we're spiritually broken, we need to go to the one who can fix it. Yeah. So, yeah. yep. Um, I think about... <laughs> I think about this this one too. Um, this may be t- TMI, <laughs> but I do calf raises in the shower every single day. I've been doing them for years. Do you know why I do them? 
Why? Because years ago I had calf problems. I had calf weakness. And so I had my, it was all the time I had problems with my calves because my calves were weak. So now I decided that the best time to do it is every day when I'm in the shower. It doesn't take long. I just do calf raises every single day. And guess what? I haven't had the first calf problem since. Really? No, I don't have them anymore because I'm really focused on preventing that. And I got yeah. into a habit of that, too. And that kind of goes along with our spiritual journey, too, right? Yeah. If we can get into good habits, that my default is when I get in the shower, I do calf raises. My default position when I get up in the morning is open my Bible and yeah. read it. Um, those We should have default positions that are good default positions. Yeah, right? yeah. Last question. Describe things in your life that hinder your time with God. If you make a list of the top five priorities in your life right now, where would Jesus be? How will you go about placing him first in your life this week? How can you incorporate Jesus into your everyday life and learn to draw strength from him? That's more than just one question, but (laughs) (laughs) we all love to say that Jesus is first in our lives. Yeah. But our actions very often say something completely different, yes. don't they? <laughs> yes. Um, and, I, you know, I don't think this is a bad idea. This whole idea of making a list occasionally and just being really brutally honest with yourself and saying, yeah. okay, how do I really prioritize these things? Yeah. Where do I prioritize my family? Um, where do I prioritize Jesus? Where do I prioritize my running? Where do I prioritize eating? Yeah, Wh- whatever those major life things are, where are those things in in the the list of yeah. my priorities? Because I think that helps guide us, right? Yeah, we realize where we're deficient when we do that. Yeah, and I think I think the word priority is good because I mean, you said we all like to say Jesus is first in our lives, and that is that is true. In that if you were to, you know, ask me, I think it is good to be brutally honest and realize that it's good to realize that sometimes the priorities are not in order. Because I feel like a lot of people, and I I fall under the same thing sometimes, is you ask yourself, is God first in my life right now? And you say, well, yeah, because in reality, in the grand scheme of things, if God were to tell me right now, like let's just use triathlons for an example. Mm-hmm. If God were to tell me right now, very clearly you need to quit triathlons, I would, you know, quit it in a heartbeat. So that sometimes that'll make me think, oh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I've got it worked out. I've yeah. got it worked out. Yeah. But I think really looking at the time and the priority and really breaking it apart and really just like me, I'm a math person. So literally just breaking the time apart, breaking it up and saying, okay, where am I at? Um, that's just kind of a, I'm just kind of throwing that out there because I can understand when people say, well, yeah, obviously God is first in my life. Yeah. Um, because that's what we think. Yeah. In our mind, he's he is. And I get that. I, I, I totally agree with all of yeah. that. Here's the thing. When... When your your goal is to be the best triathlete in the country, yeah, in in nineteen and under, right? Yeah. Period. That's that's the goal. Yeah. Now, what does it take to get there? Right. It takes a lot of work, yeah. a ton of work, and you know that, and you do all of that work. Yeah. Well, where should our relationship with Christ be? 
right? We know what yeah. we, we know what we want that picture to be. And the yeah. question is, is are we doing everything we can do to get ourselves to that point? Yeah. And yeah, and I think it's just how we go about our daily lives. Because I mean, yeah. if I mean, if if we're a fitness junkie, we have to get our workouts in. We have to you know, we have to eat our right meals and stuff. And that's that our relationship with God should be aligned and above above that standard. We should want to do you know all those things. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, here the bottom line for me is that our relationship with God should be one where we feel like he's right there with us all the time. Yeah. Because he is yes. right there with us all the time, right? You yeah. know, we I, I think sometimes we look at that and we go, well, you know, it would be nice if God was sitting right here on the couch next to me. Yeah. Well, he is. Yeah, it's I find it funny, you know, people are like, well, you know when you when you really pray, you should just you should just act like God's right there and just act like as if you're talking to a friend. And it's like, well, you kind of are talking like it's not as if or like yeah. you're talking to I mean that that is something I'm, I'm I'm making a lot of I'm making a lot of statements like we take this for granted but we do take a lot of things for granted mm-hmm. we also take it for granted that we can literally just sit there and talk to our lord and so yeah don't talk to him as if you're talking to a friend talk to him because he should be your friend and so yeah. great great word While you're working hard to keep your body in shape physically, the music you listen to while you run can help keep you in shape spiritually. We've partnered with J Radio to put together a group of running playlists by Dean, Lane, Holly, myself, and others that you hear here on the Run For God podcast. Plus, you can listen to a playlist put together by members of Run Club just like you. Check out the whole station of Run For God playlist at jradio.com and in the J Radio app. All right, so we're back, and I'll ask you this question. It's funny, you just kind of addressed this question ahead of my my notes here, but uh, have you ever thought what would happen if you couldn't run anymore? Have you ever thought about that? I think, I think. My thing, when I was young, I used to think about, what if I was in a wheelchair? How would my life change? Yeah. Have you ever thought about that? I mean, I guess I have. I haven't thought about, you know, being in a wheelchair, but I've. I mean, I guess I have. I'm a very, I like the idea of business. And so I don't, I guess I I have thought about it, but not in deep, you know, context. So what do you think you'd be doing right now if, if it weren't for triathlon and running? I don't, are you saying like if I never did triathlons or if it stopped right now? Well, if if you, if you, if you stopped a year ago, what would you be doing a year ago. Yeah. Do you have any idea? Man, I don't know. I know even, you like music and stuff. But. I do like I do like music. I honestly don't know. If I would have stopped ten years ago, I would probably be playing baseball. Okay. Right. So I love not baseball. that I, not that baseball is my favorite sport right now, but that's just yeah what my thing was. So what was your favorite position? I was center. I actually played. Believe it or not, a lot of y'all know this, but I'm a small dude. Believe it or not, I played catcher. One year. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty interesting. Now, I mean, we were all like four foot two, and so it was one thing, but but yeah, I was a center fielder for the longest time. 
You know, I was a center fielder as well. Really? Yes. I That's love, where they put all the fast people. I love center field. Yep, yep. And, and I have I have played every position on the field. Really? Yes, more than once. My my two best were center and shortstop, and I have played every position except for pitcher and first base. Not going to go on a rant about that, but <laughs> <laughs> I was I was one of those pitchers who I could throw strikes. I didn't walk anybody. But the problem was, is I threw strikes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like putting it on a tee yeah. for the batter. Yeah. So I was not a very good pitcher. Uh, all right. So we're going to talk about what happens when you don't do something you're used to doing. And that is this issue of Dean's Thoughts, which is a time when I share something that I've written about the intersection between running and faith. And this this week it's called, I Didn't Know I Would Miss It. I ran out of medicine, and I could tell. I have taken some allergy medication for a few years. I haven't missed more than a day in those years. This week, I went several days without it and found out I still need it. I'm pretty sure I began taking it again just before my head exploded. (laughs) At about the same time, I was going through a tough personal situation that kept me awake at night. I had difficulty sleeping for a couple of nights in a row. Guess what happened? I found out I still need my sleep. Of course, this was not the first time that I was reminded about the importance of sleep, but it was there nonetheless. So what does this have to do with the price of tea in China, as my mother used to say? (laughs) It's a lot like training. If you're a regular, consistent runner, you may not know what it feels like not to run. Even if you're not a consistent runner, you may be one day. So keep all of this in mind. I run every day. I don't really know how much each run is benefiting me. And really, it's difficult to tell without stopping for a while to see how much worse I feel when I'm not running. Sort of like running out of allergy medicine. But I don't like the way I felt at that point. So I don't think I'll try it. I have done the lack of sleep thing far more often, and I know I don't like it. What I have to keep in mind is that just like I know I feel better when I get regular sleep, the regular runs are making me feel better too. It's partly what we mean when we say, trust the training. They're good for me, even if I can't tell from day to day. If you're a consistent runner and you're not sure how much running is helping you, Trust me, it is helping. If you've ever been a cons- been consistent for a while and then stopped, remember how that felt? You don't want to go back there again. Use the experience to motivate your running decisions going forward. If you've ever been consistent over a period of time, I invite you to make a commitment to holding yourself to a regular schedule. If you've never been consistent, I should say. The gradual changes that happen to your body over weeks, months, and even years of training will be worth it, whether you can feel it or not. Of course, one way to help, one way to find out is to stop. But you will not like it. Our relationship with God is similar. When we're consistently plugged into what he has planned for our lives, things usually go better. Even when something undesirable happens, when we're close to him, we can feel his hand guiding us through the turmoil. But then there are times when we drift away from him. 
Maybe we get too busy or we get involved in things we shouldn't and we find ourselves feeling distant from God. When that happens, things just don't seem to go as well. We get frustrated with little nuisances. We get irritated by things that people do around us. And our first response is often to get angry. But when we feel close to God, we understand that others may be having bad days and they're not lashing out at us. And there are a thousand other ways things can go much smoother when we are close to him. Just like I don't know how much, didn't know how much my medicine was helping, and we may not be able to tell how much better we feel when we're running regularly, we don't realize how much sleep means to us when we're getting plenty of it. It is only the lack of those things that makes them appear so important. In the same way, we realize the strength of our relationship with God when we stray. The thing is, we don't have to miss running workouts, medication, or our daily time with God. It is good to know that the work we put into those things is worth it. And we can test we can test how much we would miss something by not having it. But if your head explodes, don't say it was my idea. <laughs> uh it's true, too. You know, I never never stopped taking this stuff. The, the first time I started taking it was several years ago, I ne- and I never went without it. The doctor said just to keep continue to take yeah. it every day, and so I began taking it every day. And so, I, wow, I quit. Yeah. <laughs> man, oh, man, I couldn't breathe. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, and I always say to me, as a runner, consistency is the most important thing. Do you agree yes, with that? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, and we mentioned this before, but you had a time a couple of years ago where you had to stop, um, and I'm sure at that point in time, you probably it probably really drove the point home to you how important that consistency was when you couldn't be consistent anymore. Yeah, right. Yeah, and consistency was so important. You know, my injury was nine months, give or take. Um, consistency was so important that even when i was injured i would still try to run and do workouts which probably made it worse and made it go longer but that's how important it is that i was so scared to lose it yeah Um, and so yeah yeah yep have you ever had one of those lack of sleep feelings oh i'm having it right now you having one right now well good that run workout this morning was brutal (laughs) and early yeah uh I guess we've probably all had that. I'll tell you what happened one time. I ran a 24-hour relay one time. That sounds so fun on the surface. Yeah, I don't know if I ever told you this story. But this 24-hour relay, it was about an hour away from my house where the the race was. It was around a track. And so we had 10 guys. And so roughly, you know, a little less than an hour, we got up and did a mile. And we would go and rest and come back, get back up and do it again. It was not enough time to sleep in between just wasn't enough time so we started at eight o'clock in the morning so i got up at like 6 a.m the race started at eight we went all through the day and yeah it was it was summertime so it was hot out during the day felt so good when the sun went down but man the legs started hurting late at night anyway we go all night we go to eight o'clock the next morning i am dead tired at eight (laughs) o'clock the next morning and then i had to go to work Oh, goodness. And so I had to work from noon until 6. And then at 6 at 6 p.m., 
we had a meeting at work for another two hours. <laughs> and I remember after all of that, finally going to bed. And I remember the next day I had I had classes the next day, I think. I think, was it in the, must have been late, late spring. Uh, I had classes the next day. I didn't go. I, I couldn't even get out of bed. I was so tired. That's that's my that's my worst tired feeling. Do you have a tired feeling like that? I have. So okay, I actually just now remember this. When I was in eighth grade, we went. Me and my family with another family. We went to Hawaii, and I'll tell two kind of quick stories. The most tired I've ever been was when we were going to Hawaii. I don't remember how long it was that I stayed awake. I just know that when we were getting off the plane in Hawaii, it was such a blur that I don't even remember getting off the plane. I do remember I'm not the type of person that can just go to sleep anywhere. It I'm honestly kind of the person that it, I'm, it's kind of hard for me to go to sleep. I'm yeah. the one who sits in the bed for like longer than I think I should and try to go to sleep. Um, we walk into this house in Hawaii and I drop my bags and I fall face first on the couch. Right? Like, I mean, this is, I mean, my parents probably tried to wake me up and cause we always unpack when we get to somewhere. I walk in this house and fall face first on this couch and drop my stuff. And I didn't wake up until like eight that next morning. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was the craziest thing craziest thing and probably the second tiredest i've ever been is going back home because i did the math and i was like if i stay up from the time i wake up in hawaii to the night that we get home i will be awake for i don't even know how long it was it was like 50 something hours needless to say that did not happen um (laughs) but i tried and so that is the most tired i've ever been um so yeah 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 well, have you ever gotten to that point where you realize that you're far away from God, and that you got you got to get closer to Him? Yes, that's about the same thing. But, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. But He always takes us back every single time. Yeah, and it feels like falling on a bed and just getting the most amount of sleep you've ever gotten. <laughs> it does, just exactly like that. If you've ever participated in any sport, you've probably met a great coach. Great coaches inspire us to do more than we ever thought possible. You can be the leader that helps others achieve things they never thought possible. You, yes, you have the ability and the opportunity to be that person. All you need is a heart to help people and the ability to follow a plan. The Run for God 5K Challenge will come ready to help you inspire those around you. The step-by-step guide will direct you how to plan, pray, and train people both physically and spiritually. You can help them become more fit in their health and in their walk with Christ. Share your passion. Go to runforgod.com to find out how to inspire others to accomplish big things. All right, we're back again with Lane Hollis, and uh, we we're talking about all things running in God, right? And yes. So, did you see the Adidas Boost Games? I meant to watch it, but I did not. I saw I've seen the past like two years, but I did not see this year's. I had never seen it before. You hadn't? No, that's really really strange. Um, so they set up this track in downtown Boston on a, yes. on a roadway. Yeah. 
Um, and so it's just a straightaway. And I guess it's over 200 meters long because they had several 200 meter races on it. Yeah. And it's it's on Boylston Street, so it's the same street where they, the the Boston Marathon finishes. Yeah. Uh, which is really really cool. Yeah, it's so interesting. It's like it's almost like a red carpet walk, but and for they do sprinters, some, and they just—it's so weird. Yeah, and they do some odd distances too. Yeah, they do odd events. Yeah. I guess I should say they yeah. did a hundred and fifty meter dash. Yeah, you know, so it's kind of halfway in between the hundred and the two hundred. And then I saw they did a two hundred meter hurdle race. Oh, I didn't even see that. You know, they did it. They did a mile. You know, did you watch the mile? Did they have the mile? I missed part of it. Oh, okay. so they may have. I saw where they did a six hundred, and it wasn't on that track. Oh, but yeah. it was in like a park or something somewhere. Yeah, the mile a couple years ago was kind of interesting because it was one of those just, I mean, it was just straight down the road and it finished kind of beside that that runway okay. type thing. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of it's it's definitely kind of interesting. Um, track is uh is is big right now, um, and you know they keep doing these things. I'm sure the reason they do these Adidas Boost games is to try to make track and field more attractive to people who typically don't like to watch track Uh, i remember going to a track meet this was in atlanta just a couple of years ago where they took the pole vault pit and they put the pole vault pit right up against the stands so basically you sat right you you could you could look you were look you're sitting at the level of the bar that's pretty cool it was pretty cool it really was pretty cool so I give track and field a little bit of credit for trying to do some different things to try yeah. to, to try to make it more interesting. Of course, for me, it's the it's the yeah. race. It's not the gimmicks. But yeah, um, yeah. What we what I think we need is I think we need more personalities like Usain Bolt. Yes, you know Michael Johnson from back. I don't know if you know who that name is. Yeah. Yeah. Like Michael Johnson, you know, he was just larger than life and yeah. um, wore the gold shoes. And, yeah. You know, you think about how much bigger golf got when they had Tiger Woods. Yeah. You think about true. how many more people tune into a track meet when Usain Bolt is there. I yeah. mean, it makes a difference, right? I think, the, I think probably the closest person to that in distance running, in my opinion, I think Mo Farah has a pretty good, like, I don't know, I don't know what you'd call it. Um, a pretty good image yeah um, he does so he's yeah. got that he's got that celebration after at the end yeah. of a race that's different from everybody else so i yeah. think everybody's looking forward to that maybe yeah i, I don't know um, but yeah it's certainly interesting yeah most of the guys that we have in the united states the distance runners they're kind of boring i mean they're great yeah. guys they're yeah. fantastic guys i mean there's nothing wrong with them yeah they just don't have that flamboyant personality that yeah a lot of these yeah i wish are. that I wish that Lopez Lemong yes. had a Usain Bolt person, and he kind of he kind of does, just not as out there as Usain Bolt did. Well, he's got an interesting story, that is for sure. Yeah, if you ever read uh, Lopez Lemong's story, yeah, yeah. So, are you ready for the Olympic trials? They're coming up in less yes. than a month. I'm very ready. Oh, gosh, I can't wait. What events are you looking forward to? I'm just I'm just a five thousand type of guy. Yeah, I just love watching the five k. It yeah. is so I like watching the ten k. Don't get me wrong, but the five k is so interesting to me. Yeah. It's my favorite professional running event to watch in the Olympics. In the Olympics, if it, I don't know why it's only the Olympics, but if it's just a regular meet, then I love a fifteen hundred or something like that. Mm-hmm. 
but I don't know. If it's a competitive 5K, I'm all about it. You know what I think is going to be the most of the most exciting event in the trials? What? The 800 meters. On both the men's and the women's side. Yeah. Because we're, we are stacked in the 800. That I, is I don't true. know what yeah. happened to the United States in the 800. I mean, it yeah. used to be we, we didn't have anybody in the 800, and now we're like loaded with yeah. guys in the 800, guys and ladies in the 800. So yeah. um, we've got a thing, a thing Mo. Do you know who that is? I know she, I know. she runs at Texas A&M. She's a freshman at Texas A&M. She ran, yes, yes. She ran 157.7 yeah, this year. I, yeah. She ran a sub-50 uh, 400 cool. recently, too. So insane talent. Yeah. And now there's another girl in high school that broke her record for the 800 in high school. That is that is so, crazy. Yeah, these, uh, I, I, again, I don't know what it is. You know, we've got Donovan Brazier and yeah. Bryce Hopple and Clayton Murphy and Isaiah yeah. Harris. we got all these guys. And on the ladies' side, we've got – we're just – yeah, and loaded. I guess I guess the trials I got kind of mixed up there. The Olympics, I think the but the trials, yeah, the eight hundred is yeah. definitely going to be the best. Yeah, yeah. Well, in the Olympics, I I don't care what it is. If it's running, I love it. Yeah, That's I mean, yeah. Bottom line, yeah, yeah, just love it. Yeah. So, do you like to watch the sprints at all? I do. I do like to watch the sprints just because. I don't know. They're just it's crazy. It's, it's crazy to watch. To, it's crazy. I, this is like this is a little sidetrack, but did you see Cole Hawker in the I don't know what race it was. I think it was the Pac-12 Championships. I did not see it, but I heard about it. Yes. Yeah. For all of you out there, you need to look up the what was it? Was it the 5K? It, did he he won the 5K? He won the 5K. But didn't win the it, 1500, I think. I yeah, got, I don't remember which one it was, but he had a closing 100 of, I don't even remember. It was like, it was like 12.3 or so. It was insane. <laughs> it was absolutely insane. Uh, so, that's fun to watch. Fun to watch. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting this year with the sprints that we've got. Um, you know, we've, we've got the number one sprinter in the world going to be sitting at home on Olympics Day this year. Because he got caught, he didn't get caught with drugs. He he didn't make it to a drug test Christian for the third Coleman? time. Yeah, he been out. He's been out for a while, hasn't he? Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. Because he yeah, he was crazy fast. <clears throat> now one of our best hopes is 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 a young guy. I mean, an old guy who's like thirty seven. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see what happens. There's, is, we've always Justin, got some guys. It, Gatlin. Yeah, yeah. He's he's old. Yeah, he. But you know he he keeps hanging in there. He's <laughs> yeah. doing well. I, I'm amazed that that guy keeps keeps it up. It's like he's to the age now where I look at him and I'm like, there's no way he should be able to run that fast. Yeah. Like when he was 34, I was like, no, he's he still looks good. Yeah. But now I'm like, he he actually looks older than way older than everyone else. Yeah. So it's crazy. You know, I had a coach when I was in college who held the world record for the 39-year-old 100-yard dash. Really? He ran 9.7 for 100 yards Oh my! when uh, he was 39 years old. Yeah. yeah. So did he – I didn't even know this. Did he yeah. go to the Olympics or what did he – how big I was he? I don't think he ever made it to the Olympics. No. Like I said, he was 39 at this time, so this was – and 
they've there have been a lot of guys who run a lot faster than that to to today now because people run later than they used to back in that day you know you didn't nobody did sprints past the age of 30 yeah i mean so yeah um anyway shikari richardson do you know that name um she is a, a another young woman with a great personality she she could be a, one of those who, who may draw yeah. some some eyes to the screens um but she's run like under 10.8 several times i mean she is crazy fast yeah and, that is uh, she but i did notice this past weekend she lost a race so uh, i'm not sure that her lack of experience isn't going to hurt her yeah we'll have to see we'll have to yeah. see all right, we have a trivia question for this week, and this is what it is. Something unusual happened in the semifinals of the 400-meter run in the 1992 Olympics. What was it, and who was involved? So look up the 400-meter run in the semifinals in the 1992 Olympics to see what happened. Um, you'll love this story, and if you can get through the video without crying – I give you a dollar. <laughs> um, yeah, so check it out. You will you will be glad you looked this up. I promise you. All right, every week we share a reason why running is so awesome. And so I thought, in honor of Lane here, I would uh, use this one this week. Uh, why is running so awesome? Running friends. You know, I don't even know if I would know Lane if it wasn't for running. You know? Yeah, I don't think Let's so. Think about it. We've that's our whole connection. Uh, we, I, I didn't even get to know you until I got to know your father first, and we got to know him through yeah. the whole run for God thing, and and, uh, and and becoming friends through all of that. And now, of course, you know, no, we've run a number of miles together. Yeah, uh, yeah. Over the years, uh, all the discussions that we've had about running. Um, I don't think we have ever run out of related running related things to talk about. Yeah, <laughs> there's yeah. always something, always something out there to talk about. Um, you know, uh, is there something out there with all of that discussion over all of those years? Is there something that sticks out in your mind that we talked about that I told you at the time, and you're like, I don't know about that. That turns out later in hindsight, you look back and go, Yeah, he was right about that. Or have I never been right about anything? No, Maybe. I mean, you you have. There's just been probably so many of those cases. I'm trying to pick and choose right now. Um, I mean, there, there's, there was one specific time. I can't, I cannot think of it. We were at the track and we were doing a workout or something. Well, I remember specifically about tempo runs. I think for a long time, not just you, but all the triathletes at one time thought when I was telling you guys, you can do this, that you guys thought, this is just impossible. Yeah. This, it's not doable. You yeah. can't, you can't do this and, yeah. and, and beat your head against that wall for a long time before you realize, oh, oh yeah, you can. Yeah. <laughs> and that's one thing about this is, this is kind of a story is, is tempo runs, the team, the Run for God Tri team, would notoriously go out so fast on tempo runs. If yep. it was a five mile tempo run, and you were supposed to do the laps in one twenty, you better believe that I was going out at one thirteen. Yeah, no doubt about it. 
And every single time we got done, after the multiple times that we would stop early, because there were those days, many of those days, where we'd stop early, stop even after one mile. There was one time where we stopped after like one mile. Yeah. And um, and every single time, my dad and Dean would explain to us how, because I was just trying to bank time. Bank time, this will be so easy. Which defeats the, pu- the purpose defeats of the workout. Defeats the purpose of a workout anyways. <laughs> Completely defeats the purpose. I was trying to think of like something to compare it to, but I can't think. But completely defeats the purpose. And then all of a sudden one day I run a 121st lap and then I run a 521st mile and then I run a 1040 first two miles and I get done with the run. I was like, wow, that was a, that wasn't bad. And so it's that, that's one of those times where it was, it's almost like, and I don't even want to say that, I didn't think he was wrong. It's just like I chose to do it my way, <laughs> even though it was not better. But it's I don't know. It's, it's so weird how we're like that sometimes. But it is funny. You know, my uh, my college girls are the opposite of that. So we'll be we'll be doing a tempo run, and if somebody's supposed to be running, let's say they're supposed to be running six thirty pace. So what what's six thirty pace? One forty five per no, one thirty seven and a half per yeah. lap. So, um, so that that's their that's their pace, and typically they'll come through in like one forty for that first lap. They'll come through slow, and then they'll get on pace. So they've done exactly the opposite, and probably because I've told them all the story about you yes. guys start out too fast. I'm like, don't start out too fast. So I, I get, because of you guys, I got in the habit of always prefacing every tempo workout by saying, don't go out too yeah. hard. <laughs> and it makes it even it makes it even worse that at that point in time where we were all going out too fast, it's not like I mean you're dealing with college girls. At the time, you were dealing with twelve year old boys, <laughs> and so we were just it was it was so funny. Yeah, but, the level of trust is a little bit yeah. higher with the college girls. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, our motivational thought for the week is this: Don't count the days. Make the days count. Great sentiment from Muhammad Ali. Sometimes we spend a lot of time counting down until the end instead of enjoying the journey. You know, we yeah. just we just want to get to the end and we don't take time to enjoy what it is we're doing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Man, oh, man. Um, yeah, I think about <laughs> just a couple of days ago, I was riding we were in the truck with Debbie. And she just turned around and she goes, you know, I just love just hanging out with my husband. <laughs> uh, we weren't doing anything special. Uh, we were just enjoying the fact that we were riding together and we, we get so busy and doing our own thing that we don't spend enough time together sometimes. And just riding in a truck, just barely, I mean, just a little sparse conversation in between things and yeah. and some music going on. But we were enjoying the journey. You know, yeah. it was just we were just enjoying the fact that we were both calm right at that point and doing something yeah. like what we were doing. So it was pretty yeah. cool. Uh, I think we were coming coming back from a an awards presentation at a granddaughter's um, award thing. And yeah. So uh, I guess you know you can't help but smile and feel good at that point. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think that's yeah. that's very true. You know, like especially in like a cross country season. 
Yeah. Usually like state is, it's just like the, the daily practices that are probably the most fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. And their state, which is fun. But yeah, yeah, that's completely true. Yep. All right, everybody, you're doing great. Keep up the great training. Keep glorifying God in all that you do. And may God bless every step of every run. Go out there and shine your light. Good job, Dean. For more information about the Run for God ministry, go to runforgod.com. If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.